Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. It's a Wednesday. Is it a Wednesday? It's Wednesday for us. It's not Wednesday for our guests. What? What's going what? on halfway around the world? <laughs> that's mm-hmm. yeah, that's kind of trippy, eh? That is really <laughs> trippy. Time like time like that really does trip me out. So hey everyone, it's Amanda, and it is Wednesday night around 9 p.m. for us here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and we have Lindsay Eng on the other end of this Facebook Live conversation, and we are talking to her from Hong Kong, so I believe it's 9 a.m. for you? Uh, yep, we're 12 hours ahead right now. So okay, I won't, make the, I won't make the cheesy joke and say, don't tell us what happens, <laughs> except I just did. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's all right. I've heard it a lot. It's, it's good. <laughs> oh, it's so lame. Anyway, uh, thank you for hanging out with us. I'm sure you've got lots of things to do today, so we won't keep you too long. But uh, we have Lindsay on today because she is an RMT, studied at Sutherland Chan, and actually works at the Sutherland Chan Clinic in Hong Kong, which I didn't even know existed until I started chatting with Lindsay five minutes ago. So this is really cool. And uh, yeah, we just kind of want to chat with her and learn about what she's doing. So Lindsay, take it away. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, so yeah, I graduated kind of stuff from Sutherland Chan just 10 years ago, so 2009. Um, and actually just like when I was still in school, there was just a, like a job opportunity kind of overseas in Hong Kong. And they actually still had the Hong Kong clinic like 10 years ago. Uh, and I just kind of went in for like an interview, you know, just for fun, like just because they were guaranteeing interviews and I'd never done one before. Um, and then they just offered me the job and I, and they just said, as long as you pass your uh, OSCEs and all that kind of stuff, then you're good to go. So yeah, I, I ne- and I'd never been to Hong Kong before. So it was just kind of an adventure and I was young. Okay. You gotta, <laughs> now I'm just mind blown. I know I have so many questions, yeah. but right. go ahead. Yeah. Let's, let's start this <laughs> yeah. at the beginning then. What were you doing? before massage therapy like how did you get introduced to massage therapy uh so i did like i well i went to university and um university of toronto and like the goal initially was to be a dentist not sure why but i went to a science high school and you know i'm chinese and that was always like you know medicine or something like that seems fitting yeah (laughs) yeah pretty much i'm sure you've heard that before what high school did you go to i went to mark garneau collegiate um and they have like a shark uh yeah exactly and they have like a science program called tops so i was in that um like nice and nerdy science program and then everybody i knew was like they're all doctors like most of my my high school peers now yeah so that was the goal and then i kind of graduated and i was like i really don't think i want to do that and um i just was working at starbucks like through my university and then just met another girl who worked at Starbucks and was also an RMT. So she was doing like half and half. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and then that's kind of like she introduced me. She's like, I went to Sutherland Chan. You should check it out. And yeah, kind of went from there. What does your family think of that going from I'm going to be a dentist to uh, I'm going to be a barista slash yeah. RMT? Yeah, my mother was not happy. We did fight about it a bit because <laughs> she was saying, yeah, she was just saying like, you know, why would you do that? You don't need a degree for that because, you you know, I guess you don't. And no, you don't. Yeah. Like, why did you waste all these years and you know but you know now she's super proud of me but at the time it was just 
you know, it just wasn't an option in her mind. Like, that's not a thing that people do. You do know? you feel that your U of T undergrad was a waste then? No, actually, I, I really don't. Like, first of all, like, like I found Sutherland Chan really easy. Like, that sounds, you know, a bit conceited. But, like, I, like, the, like, no, anatomy, all that kind I of totally, stuff. Was, I totally get yeah, it. Did, did you also? I, yeah, I have a kinesiology degree from York. And I was oh. five, I was five years yeah. out of university before I went to massage school. Mm. And, yeah, it does sound a little conceited but I'm going to say it yeah. too. It was a breeze. Like I slept yeah. through most of school. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, yeah, I, I totally agree. And I, and I think I was like, and I was also, you know, young and I just could not understand why other people like didn't get things. Like I was, you know, a bit annoyed with other people asking these questions. <laughs> it was terrible. Like, but there was like a couple of us that were like straight out of university and we we're just like, oh, you know, people yeah. are so stupid. But <laughs> you know. Like that Lindsay, okay. I feel I like I hadn't been in school. <laughs> I feel like you could be our best friend, and I just met you. <laughs> oh, that's nice. I, I, I don't, I don't in friends. any way try to like make people feel bad or say like you mm. know you should understand this. But that was something I think mm. when when you're somebody who enjoys school and like just kind of gets it, like it's it's easier yeah. for you. It is really hard to be sitting in a class when people are asking questions that you're like, she just said that. Like, why don't you yeah. understand this? Super <laughs> yeah, frustrating. Totally. Yeah, it really was. But I mean, yeah, I guess it did help. Like it made that part easy. Um, at least the mm -hmm. academic stuff. It was just the other stuff that was um, kind of more interesting, like all the practical things we did. So yeah, it was good. I can't so you had a it. you had a good experience in school. And then mm -hmm. next step is you hear about this interview to go work in Hong Kong. You said you went mm -hmm. for it because you had never been to a job interview or like this type of interview before. Yeah. Did you intend on taking the job if you were offered it? I would say no. Um, but I yeah, actually, I can't even remember. But I don't think I, I even thought I would be offered it because I was just talking to them and they were saying, oh, there's only one position and I don't see why it would be me you know, like still in school. So yeah, it, it did take me like a second when I got the job offer. I was like, why did they do that? Like, why did they offer me a job on the other side of the world? Okay. So you just, yeah. you told us that you're Chinese. Do you speak the language? Do you think that might've had something to do with it? Or are you like totally? Uh, no, Canadian I actually don't speak don't... the language at all. Yeah. So <laughs> you just was... looked the part. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They were like, maybe she does. Um, no, like, yeah, I don't know. I guess Maybe I think they just wanted somebody that was young and eager. Um, mm -hmm. And to be honest, like in Hong Kong, there really isn't much of a scene for massage at all. So maybe just somebody was kind of willing to do, you know, whatever it took or, you know, take chances on something and like live somewhere new. Guess. What do you mean there wasn't a scene for massage? Because, uh, well, you know, like there's no regulations uh, for massage therapy at all in Hong Kong. And actually for most things, there is not unless it's physio. Like that's mm -hmm. kind of the only thing that's, I guess, regulated or like a or anything like that. So like you're always kind of having to like explain to people what it is, like how we're trained, um, you know, the benefits of it. Um, there's no coverage for most people for insurance as well. So it's kind of, you know, justifying like what our job is. Uh, and there's tons of massage. Like, mm -hmm. like Hong Kong is actually known for like going for massages, like foot massages and, you know, kind of like Chinese massage and all that, but not anything that's, you know, I guess regulated. So how many therapists are in that Sutherland Chan clinic the that clinic? you're working in? Yeah. Um, at the moment, there's six of us. 
Yeah. So I've been here like 10 years and I'm definitely here the longest by far. And I've seen people come and go. So there's usually somewhere between five and eight, I guess. Are these therapists coming from regulated provinces in Canada? Yeah. I mean, most we're all, they're all Canadian. Actually, right now we have one person that's British. um, So they obviously have different training, but everybody else is Canadian. Mm. I would think they're all from Ontario or BC. And then we have someone from Saskatchewan, which I don't think is actually a regulated province. But no, no, it isn't. Uh, yeah, it's not right. Yeah. So but most of us are from like Ontario or BC. Um, and they have. Yeah. So it's people that have mostly, you know, come over for the job. And then we found also some people that maybe are coming over anyway, because of family or other reasons. And then yeah, we're able to hire them. Okay, I have two questions for you. Uh, first one, being that massage is not regulated in Hong Kong, do you have any idea what motivated Sutherland Chan to open a clinic in Hong Kong? Um, Grace Chan of Sutherland Chan is yep. one of the owners of it. And then there's another woman who she came over even like many, many years ago, I think almost like 20 years ago now. And then she was, I'm not, she just came over, I think, traveling and then ended up staying and working um, just for like some physio clinics and stuff like that. And I think she approached Grace, I think, mm-hmm. about okay. maybe a franchise opportunity. Uh, and then Grace is from Hong Kong. Right. So uh, she does come, like she does come visit the clinic probably like three, four times a year as mm-hmm. well. So okay. I think it's just like a little side project for her. Like, I don't know. Well, at least that really. makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So there is some connection there. So she does make it there. And I think they just saw like a niche, like an opening that, really isn't especially like 15 years ago there really wasn't anything right. like this so yeah well that's that really leads into my next question then which is like are you guys busy is this like something people are really into yeah actually we are and i definitely am and because i've been there so long i actually think when i talk to my friends back in toronto like i work way more um and earn way more actually because uh, we charge more as well uh, because like Hong Kong is really expensive, right? For rent and everything. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I think it's, I'm surprised that like at first when I moved here, I was like, who's going to pay for this? And like, who, you know, we, they, they don't know who we are, but people are always looking for, you know, something, especially for like their, for their healthcare and, you know, to kind of um, work on their, yeah, there's not a lot of, you know, people like us around. So, and actually people in Hong Kong have money. So they have like money to spend and, um, yeah, for sure. They 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 want to spend it on on themselves and like taking care of their bodies. So yeah. This is what I really <laughs> want to know. I want to yeah. know what the conversation in your house looks like when you come home from a job interview and you got offered a job, and you're like, guys, I'm packing up my stuff. I'm moving <laughs> halfway up. around the world. See ya. Yeah. I mean, I I didn't even tell my parents that I interviewed at all for this job. Uh, just because, I don't know, I was an adult, I didn't have to tell them. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but yeah, I just, but I was living at home. So I was living with my mom. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just told her and, you know, she's from Hong Kong and she left yeah. in the seventies and she never really went back. So, you know, then she just started spouting all these things about like, oh, you don't know how this is like, and this is not going to be great. And this, you know, and I was like, mom, you were there like, 30 years ago. I don't think you have any idea. <laughs> it might um, have changed a little bit. Yeah, yeah <laughs> potentially. I, yeah, I don't think she th- thought I would go through with it because she's like, Are, you haven't interviewed for anything else. And I was like, yeah, that's true. I didn't because I actually didn't look at anything else. 
Mm. Um, is this consistent but, with your personality? Like, are you pretty adventurous and impulsive like this? Or was this something nobody would have expected you to do? Uh, no, I think I'm pretty like impulsive person. And like, I just kind of, I make decisions like pretty easily. So I was just like, yeah, let's, let's go for it. And actually I was thinking of going somewhere with the profession anyway. Like that was in my mind, that was like an option for sure. Like maybe mm-hmm. I didn't think Hong Kong, I maybe thought like BC or something, but like, yeah, this was a lot further than I expected. So. How do you like yeah. living in Hong Kong? I mean, you've stayed for 10 years, so it's obviously not that yeah. bad. I I actually loved it immediately. Like it's, I, I always lived at home though. Like I, cause even, you know, I always lived in Toronto and, you know, I, I stayed at home. I didn't ever live on campus or anything. So mm-hmm. It was like a huge adventure for me. I was 23 or 24, yeah, I think, when I when I moved. And, you know, it's I lived in like the tiniest, tiniest little apartment. And I loved it. I loved every second. And there's so much freedom in Hong Kong. And it's so safe. So you go out, you know, you can go out like every single day of the week. And, you know, there's so many expats. So you're meeting all these different people um, from different backgrounds and stuff. And yeah, and my boss was even told me she was like, I've never met anybody who loved this place as much as you. Oh, wow. That's That's amazing. It's kind of nice. Like, and I still love it to this day. Like, I have no desire to go back to Toronto or Mm -hmm. Canada at all. It's home now. Are there a lot of North Americans in Hong Kong? Like, as you're talking, I'm picturing like a whole bunch of English speaking people and that you don't even really have to learn the language to get by. Yeah, it's true, actually. And that's what I didn't know when I came here. Like, I was a bit naive about that. Like mm-hmm. I thought, like I was like, oh, I'm going to learn Cantonese. It's going to be great because like you know, that's what my family speaks. And my mom was like, you will not. I was like, what do you mean? And she's just like, you won't learn anything. Like, unless you actually, <laughs> like it's just her typical response. She's like, yeah, unless you actually make an effort. She's like, you won't. Because I was telling her, I was like, oh, and I can get a bike. I can ride around. And she's like, you can't do that either. She's like, no one does that there. So, yeah, everything was just, I had this expectation that everybody was going to be speaking like Cantonese everywhere. And then you, especially in like areas, like I work in an area called Central, which is like the business district. And there's English everywhere. Um, It was British, right, for so long. So British colony. Um, And it's kind of it's good and bad, though, because I really haven't made the effort to learn, which is bad. But then you don't need it, which is good. Do you do you know enough Cantonese to get by if you were like thrown into a room with a whole bunch of native people? Could you speak? Uh, um, yeah, not really. I can do like like taxi. Like I can be in a taxi, tell them where to go, and I know like numbers. But, okay. And I like no food, dim sum, and like other food. <laughs> like I know that stuff really well. <laughs> but that's, you like, know that's the important it. stuff. Like, yeah, that's it. And I mean, I understand a lot. Actually, I do realize how much I understand. Like I, probably because I heard my mom growing up. But it's just really hard, especially when you are Chinese and you look the part. It's actually worse to learn. Like it's much harder because the expectations are so high. Like if you're not Chinese, then actually I think it's easier. Because everybody gives you a lot more credit and they, you know, they're more encouraging when you're when you're trying and when you struggle. Um, they want to help you. They want to help you if you're like the white girl in Hong Kong. But if you're exactly. the Chinese girl there, they're like, why don't you get this? <laughs> why don't you get it? Yeah, because I get I always can hear them saying like in Cantonese, like, why didn't your mother teach you? And then <laughs> I I can understand that, but I can't respond. Right. So I'm just like, eh, like I'm I'm like Canada. That's all I keep saying. I'm Canadian. And they're just like, <laughs> And they just like shake their heads and 
Um, and actually my husband, like, is I married and my husband's white and like, he knows a little bit of Cantonese, but every time he speaks it, like he gets so much like praise. And I always feel like that just encourages him, you know, they're like, oh, he's so good. I'm like, he's not good. Like, I'm, I'm better than him, but he just gets a lot of, yeah, positive reinforcement, which, you know, helps him. Right. So I always like send him to do things too. I'm like, you go speak to them. Like, oh, I don't want to so deal funny. with it. Yeah. You know but, what? This is, this is uh, so not the same because Mark is not Spanish, mm. but he yeah. he kind of looks Spanish or a lot mm. of people mix him up for Spanish. And anytime yeah. that him and I have been in a Spanish-speaking country, people yeah. always try to speak to him in Spanish and he doesn't understand a single word. He can't yeah. talk back. Um, but I used to be fairly fluent in Spanish. So I'm not great yeah, now, but I can nice. somewhat hold a conversation. So me, mm. the very, very white girl, will jump in and start speaking. And yeah, the Spanish people are like so blown away by the fact that I can speak really horrible broken Spanish and they're giving yeah. him looks like what's wrong with you dude like yeah. say something <laughs> well yeah I, that's how I it is with us and and I think it's, it makes sense like and then you don't mind speaking it more because you're getting like you know positive um, encouragement but it's just the nature here the culture here like people are not exactly like very encouraging in general I would say mm -hmm. so it's just that kind of culture which is fine like I don't expect them to be like they're just trying to do their job they don't want to deal with like teaching you a language right so mm -hmm. I, I, I understand so any plans to ever move back to Canada or are you are you just oh. so in love with Hong Kong yeah I, I think my mother's accepted that um <laughs> Well, my husband, so I met my husband here and he's Australian. Um, so that's another option as well, I guess, um, later in life. But we just really love it here. And I, I got, you get really spoiled, I think, living here. Like you kind of have this, like, I don't know if you know about the expat life, but you kind of, you, you do, there is a privilege there and it's hard to let that go. You know, you get, mm -hmm. you know, the, the pay is good and the travel is amazing. Um, you know, we don't have kids or anything, but like I keep saying, like, if we're having kids, like I need to be here because you can have helpers that live with you and all these kind of things. Mm. Like, you know, someone that like cleans your house and all. it's it sounds terrible, but it's just like I'm like, why would I not have that when I can have that yeah. and, you know, work and make my life like easier? Uh, mm -hmm. When you say the pay is good, mm. let's talk dollar signs. What do yeah. you mean the pay is good? Um. Well, I think, I mean, in jobs in general, like if you're coming in from another country, then, you know, most people are, you know, getting a pay increase, I would say, mm -hmm. from where they're coming from, or they wouldn't come here because there's no in incentive to be here, I would say, for most, right. like expats. For massage, I, like, maybe I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not, I, it's hard to compare it to Canada because I never really worked there. Like, we charge a thousand Hong Kong dollars an hour, which is like... I don't know. One fifty Canadian is like nine nine hundred Hong Kong. Yeah, yep, you make yep, you make lines. more than we do. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So then there's yeah, then you get your split on that. Like, which you know we work on that way, and mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I think that that definitely helps. Like, if you can you know be busy for sure, that then it's it ends up being quite a lot. And sometimes I come like I said, I compare to some of the people I know, and I'm like, there's no way that they're able to earn you know what what I do. But I also work a lot. Like, that's right. another thing. Like, I don't mind. Like, we're the hours here are a little bit different, too, I think, though. So you do have to be kind of, if you do want to earn good money, I think you do have to put in the time, too. I think in Canada, a lot of things are, you know, people close, like, earlier, and they don't work certain days. And here, it's because everybody works, like, like all the other people who are coming in work quite late. Like, I end up working really late and, right. you know, taking clients whenever I can. How many clients do you see in a day? Um, I would say, on average... Six, 
but some days like you know a combination of like 60s and 90s but i'd say some days i'll see like nine eight, okay nine, so you're you're other, busy yeah, yeah i work quite a lot uh, but that's also my choice like i said like not everybody will do the same like they're not willing to do that either like i and because i don't have kids or anything like that i don't mind like staying till like nine eight nine o'clock if needed or you're yeah. also living in an area where everyone works like crazy yes exactly it's so like it's kind of normal Exactly. That's the culture. There's, there's no yeah. such thing as not working a lot all the time. And you love yeah. it there. I want to. I want to move to a country where like two o'clock siestas yeah. are the culture. <laughs> I, I don't want to move to a country where I have to work more. What is this? Yeah, I know it's kind of weird because then when I have like some or like I have a quiet day, like I'm just like I don't know what to do. Like I just <laughs> I feel and you know and also because every like everyone else is working so much, right? So it's not like I can hang out with anyone else or. Yeah, I think you just get used to it, maybe. Like, and even if I'm, you know, quiet, like on a day, I'll be like texting my clients and like, do you want to come in? Like, I have space and all that. So it could just be like the way that I work as well. And I don't mind. <laughs> yeah, it might just be your personality, too. There are some people, we always ask the question on the podcast, mm. if you were to win the lottery, would you continue doing this job? And there are some people who are like, yeah, absolutely. I would not want to just sort of chill mm -hmm. and, you know, travel and whatever. They, you know, I do some of that, but I'd want to keep working. I think some people just genuinely enjoy being busy all the time. Yeah. And I genuinely love the job too. Some of it might just be like being in the same place for so long. Like you just get a lot of, you know, kind of regular people and, mm -hmm. you know, I like, I like those relationships and stuff and even when I go away you know on holiday I'm like oh I'm like I feel I almost feel bad right most of the time like I have to go on holiday yeah I get it I didn't you feel somewhat guilty it took me until probably my like seven or seventh or eighth year of practice mm. to stop saying sorry to my clients when I was taking a vacation like as oh, if I no. don't deserve a vacation <laughs> <laughs> it's so true maybe that's also the Canadian <laughs> sorry um, yeah you're right I mean you, yeah it's hard not to not to apologize for that and and we all deserve a holiday for sure but yeah I just I think I just like the relationship so it just makes it difficult sometimes when you just feel like you're not letting people down but you know they they look forward to it or something so yeah do you do continuing education there in Hong Kong um I to be honest have not done much of that at all other people do like I have other like uh, colleagues that do there isn't really I mean obviously because there's not like a scene here or there isn't like RMTs giving you know um, courses or things like that but there are mm -hmm. other types of professionals like that will get you know like physios or personal trainers or sometimes clinics will have people come in for that so I mm -hmm. think there is a there definitely is uh, there are courses if they're, you know, if you look for them. Um, I know some people who have done some, but I don't know. I, I haven't really done much at all. And and I think part of it is just like probably a bit of laziness in some ways. But like, a, yeah, and maybe I'm just so busy now as well that it's just not something that I'm, you know, dedicating my time to. Well, and like you said, you don't have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah I actually yeah, had a yeah. question about that then. Mm. So you got hired from an interview that you did in Toronto. Mm. Were they requiring you to have a valid license? Yeah, she said that at the beginning. She had to pass her OSCE. But, but I mean yeah. now. So so oh, it does, does Sutherland Chain Clinic in Hong Kong require only that? hire those that have licenses? licenses from um, wherever so initially yeah yes that okay. was like but 
like now that I've been here so long, I mean, a lo- some people don't like a lot of people don't keep them really, right? Like especially if you don't have any intention on maybe going back. Yeah. So I'm inactive. I've been inactive, and I think now it doesn't matter because if I try to go back, I don't know how that. Because I think there was a there was a yeah there was a period of time right that you there's can't a three year window. Back. That mm. if you've been inactive for longer than three years, or if you have not completed at least 500 hands-on hours in that three-year period, that you're going to have to do courses yeah. and upgrading and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's the thing. Like, I don't know. I just I keep I don't know why I keep paying for this inactive thing. I'm not, I'm not sure <laughs> if that will just be like in it in case or. I mean, I know people who have gone back after three years, um, and they'd have they've had to prove like that they were doing. I guess. RMT work, right. uh, like hands-on work. And because we do have the Sutherland Chan that has helped like them, yep. like they've been able to come back and not have to like research or anything because of, I guess, yeah, they recognize the name and we've been able to prove that. But yeah, I don't know. I keep it. But a lot of people don't. Like eventually, if they're here long enough, some of them have just been like, why do I need this? What am I paying for? Like there's nothing. Exactly. There's nothing I'm, get- there's nothing I'm getting out of it. And yeah, and I think the truth is because there's not really any like, you know, much insurance coverage or all that stuff anyway, like people are not coming because you're certified. Right. Tell me a little bit about the treatment that you do. Is the treatment that you're providing in that clinic really kind of based in the Swedish massage stuff that you learned at school? Or are you also doing a whole bunch of other things? Yeah, um, for me personally, I'm very like basic in my, like I, I really do a lot of Swedish massage. I mean, maybe because I came also came out of school, like straight out of school and we moved here. I would say most of it is just standard kind of treatment. And a lot of it is like mostly now it's just a lot of maintenance work. I don't like new interesting cases, but I have colleagues that do like a lot, mm-hmm. like a lot of other type type of techniques. I've just always kind of been like, I guess, very traditional in that way. And um, it seems to work. So I haven't, right. you know, and maybe that's why I don't really stray that much from that. And it seems to have worked and it seems to be what like a lot of clients like. And especially here, they don't get a lot of that, like the hands-on work. And that's what I hear a lot from clients. Like, oh, I go to the physio and they just put something on, you know, some like, tens machine on me and then leave for a lot of my clients it's more about like the interaction and like the hands-on work but also just like talking and building that relationship Mm -hmm. are you pretty treatment focused meaning like do you assess Mm. do you keep it fairly clinical or is it more like people are coming to you for as you said the hands-on work and is it more Mm. like relaxation that you do um I mean, I think there's always a treatment in mind, but I don't spend a lot of the time doing assessment. I try to do that like on the table, kind of just Mm -hmm. in my own head. Um, There's always like a goal. And I think people, like like I said, like I have so many regulars that most people are coming in for maintenance rather than anything, you know, like kind of drastic. But um, yeah, there's always, I always do try to treat and then, you know, people will come in, usually it's just kind of like a day-to-day thing. Like, what do you want to work on today? Like where, you know, is there pain or anything like that? Uh, And I think that's what I like. I don't know how it is, you know, compared to like Canada, but I think that's what I like here. Like the relationships are different. Like it's not so clinical at all. And mm-hmm. people would really, people would really hate that here. Like, I think, like, I think to do, to do well, like people are really looking for like more than that, I think. Okay. Massage. 
Are yeah. there other types of therapies that are popular there in Hong Kong? So, for example, we had a guy on the podcast. Mm. Uh, it was actually, I think this one was just published today. Yeah. He does Thai massage. He does Chine Song. Like, are there other mm. uh, Shiatsu? Like, are, are there other forms of therapy that are really popular other than Swedish massage? Um, I mean, there's a lot of, like, because it's Hong Kong. So there is a lot of, like, Chinese medicine i guess mm -hmm. so then some of that goes with like tuina which is i guess the chinese style of massage mm -hmm. um and then acupuncture of course uh is, is is also very very popular so traditional like chinese acupuncture um mm -hmm. it's pretty big yeah as for massage there's not like i said it's just there's a lot of like local places and i don't think that they do any style in particular like i think they just like they're very popular because they're cheap um, right. I don't think they do any like particular like treatment really like people enjoy going there and they're cheap and they usually just kill you is what they do so pe some people like that <laughs> they just, you, like you really just like people come out like bruised and think it's yeah, the best really thing aggressive. ever yeah they Mark love is, that Mark is nodding with like he understands this so much because when he goes for treatments by us, he finds yeah. the people who are from Hong Kong who are, mm. you know, they came here, they got their license here, but then they threw the Swedish massage out the window and they just kill him yeah. because he likes it. Or sometimes oh, I'll like find it. someone oh, who good. doesn't doesn't even have a license. They're not registered right. massage therapists. Yeah. Right. He, and seeks, can just he like, seeks out yeah. the Chinese women who are just going to bruise his legs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, that's a definite thing here. It depends what you like, I guess. And but whatever works for you. Oh, yeah. So your husband is Australian. Mm, yes, what brought him to is. Hong Kong? Um, he, yeah, I mean, also a job. Like he was just working for like a consulting firm and I think got an opportunity to move somewhere and he knew some people in, like had been working in Hong Kong from Australia as well. Uh, because it's just like lots of people from everywhere. So yeah, he just kind of came on that, taking a chance and doing something different as well. And yeah, he also loves it. And I think loved it from the beginning. Too, so that kind of works for both of us. Does he come get massage at Sutherland Chain Clinic? He does, but not for me. <laughs> so if is that I, a rule I, there? Because we can't treat our spouses. Can you, if you oh, wanted to? Yeah, we definitely can. Uh, we definitely can. There's no rules. Mm -hmm. Like that's the good thing. There's just no rules here. I would say at all. <laughs> so you can. I know um, this is something yeah. glorious, by the way. <laughs> no rules, better pay. <laughs> Yeah, like, I do like, I yeah, not everybody likes the no rules thing, but I think I like, because we're not really bound by, you know, the regulations in some ways, exactly. like, there's a lot of things I think that are, it's just very, like, at least uh, for me, I find it's just very freeing, like I can, you know, there's, I just don't have to think so much about like, is this professional, is this that, there's just not mm -hmm. that. Yeah, you know what? Even even if you wanted to come back in practice, mm. I don't think you can anymore. I think you're so far gone <laughs> on the deep end of, of this freedom yeah. that that you would be like. It would it. be hard because I always I used to manage the clinic actually, so I hired a lot of you know people from Canada, and like one of the things I always had to do was kind of like drill in like this is not the same. Like you have to like sometimes drop some of those walls that we're like taught especially people kind of come straight out of school sometimes just like all these walls like we can't do this and we can't talk about this and mm -hmm. with our clients and all that and I always tell them like you kind of have to be a little bit like you got to get rid of some of those ideas because people aren't going to like you right if you you know like because here it's especially if you're an expat everybody's always like trying to make connections right so everybody's like where are you from what do you do what do you you know there's so many questions like you know first time you meet somebody you do the same like 10 questions and 
you know, I had a therapist once that was like, oh, they were asking me where I lived, the client. And I'm like, the client's not asking you for your address. Like, they're not trying to like, come to your house, right? <laughs> like, they're just like asking you, you know, what area do you live in? Like, it's just a common question, right? That we all like ask each other. So I think it was just her, you know, learning from maybe being in school telling you like, you know, talk about personal things and all that. So yeah, totally. Yeah, I, um, I, like I have a question for you. You keep using mm. the term expat and I am in dummy and I have no idea yeah. what that stands for. I mean, I guess it's kind of like a, uh, the term, I guess could be like just people who are going, moving somewhere, living there, working there. I mean, I guess it could be like an immigrant, but they, you know, they kind of usually use it for like, um, like Western people going to, you know, other countries. Uh, sometimes I think it implies like maybe they're not there like permanently. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, like you're going there for work, but there is like, if you go to a lot of places like Hong Kong, like places like, you know, Dubai, Singapore, like you have these like expat communities. So people that come from other countries. And I guess like the term sometimes encompasses, like I said, mostly like Western people right. coming into like a place. I, I could be a little bit like some people don't like the term. I get it because like, they're like, why aren't you just an immigrant? I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like we are like, I definitely am. So I understood what yeah, you meant by it. I was mm-hmm. more concerned if this was a term mm-hmm. that I should have known, like if the letters meant something. No. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. No, no. Um, expatriate, I guess is what it stands for, but oh, yeah, they don't okay. mean, yeah. Yeah. It's not like an acronym or anything. Gotcha. Um, so and it's since something I didn't man- really know. So since you managed the place and you hired like, you know, a handful of, of people, some of them Canadian, mm. did you ever have someone that you hired that was like, I can't, I can't do it. I don't like it here. I got to get the hell mm. out of here. This is not for me. Or is it like the majority of people that you end up hiring over there are kind of digging uh, it as much as you did? I would say no one digs it as much as I did. Um, okay. I think there's varying degrees of success in that way. Like I, I would say most people like it and have Mm -hmm. like like and recognize that like you know they can do well like professionally and they love the travel because like you know to be able to especially they're all coming from Canada to be able to travel around Asia Um, and the flexibility of like the clinic that we do have is we do allow people to kind of like go on holiday you know make your own hours to a certain extent as long as you're Mm -hmm. you know earning enough money so they like that but I think some people it was too it is a bit of a culture shock for some and like some people they do compare to like a lot to back home and just never really loved it like they stay for we usually sign like initially for like two or three year contract and of course you can always break it like we can't we can't actually like enforce that right if you like move back home what are we going to do so but most people will stick out like stay for like their two or three year contract and some will some even longer um i think only one person really like did not last maybe he lasted like a year and a bit he just could not build himself like like a clientele at all and and it's not an easy place to live if you really like are not earning a lot of money um, yeah or not earning a decent amount of money because like rent is really expensive here so you kind of end up living in like i don't know it's very different. I think even, even though Toronto's expensive, like it's not like Hong Kong expensive for some things, like, especially like accommodation. Right. Right. So being that massage was not super popular and you guys are kind of like, you're a niche. You're like the one and only Mm -hmm. kind of place by the sounds of it. 
Um, do people ever get the wrong idea? Meaning, you know, we have therapists who come on who treat in Toronto who say that, mm. you know, they have men who think that they're going to get more than just massage. Like, does that happen to you guys there? Um, it's never happened at all, I don't think, actually. And that's it, it maybe I think that is surprising. Um, but I think it's like the way that the you know, like you can kind of tell from the way like our website is, if you come into the clinic, you can see that it's like those places tend to look a certain way, I guess, like, it's you know, right. And <laughs> this is, doesn't have that. And also the price point, because um, I think generally you can get it for much cheaper if you want something more dodgy. Like, right. it's much cheaper than the thousand dollars an hour. Um, right. <laughs> yeah, so I, like we've been lucky, I think I've never had anybody ha- have that expectation at all. See, now I'd be interested in working there. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever been? I have not. Um, I know mm. that Mark hasn't, so I don't know why I answered just for myself. No, neither one of us have. <laughs> so neither Mark's, have, Mark's yeah. father was actually uh, born in Hong Kong. Born in Trinidad, but he lived in Hong Kong. Oh, he lived oh. in Hong Kong. Sorry. Okay, cool. Oh, wow. Well, is, is there anything else that we want to know about Hong Kong or about working as a massage therapist in Hong Kong? I don't know, man. It all sounds really fucking cool. It does sound really <laughs> cool. <laughs> I mean, I think I'm also like play it up a lot you know maybe like I said because I like it so much like I'm always like this is the best place ever and like I know that there are some people that don't feel that way like I do have colleagues that don't love it as much as me but I don't know I think it's just being maybe just having the opportunity to live somewhere different is cool and doing you know the job that like I was trained to do so and to be able to do that somewhere else is is pretty awesome I have to say or you just genuinely do love it like I always joke to people that I'm like the ambassador for Scarborough so I mean you know Scarborough <laughs> because you're from East York I grew yeah up I'm actually from, life. my mom my mother lives in Scarborough that's where I go stay when I when I come beautiful back to Toronto, like so. you should see yeah. I'm beaming right now <laughs> I always always joke that I am like the ambassador for Scarborough because I think Scarborough <laughs> gets a bad reputation in it Toronto does. in general and I've it lived really most does. of my life here I left for five mm-hmm. years when Mark and I lived midtown Toronto and then we came mm-hmm. back and I truly love Scarborough if I if I don't I don't think I would want to live in any other part of Toronto I like the east end I love it here. I think a lot of it has to do with the multicultural neighborhood. I do love that. We are in. That is good. Not all parts of Toronto are like this. Toronto itself is definitely very multicultural, but but I tell people all the time, I'm like, you want real Indian food? You want real West Indian food? You want real Chinese food? You got to come to the East. all there. I totally agree. Actually, that's definitely something I missed about Hong Kong. Hong Kong is not that multicultural in in many ways. So Mm -hmm. that's the one thing when people ask me about, like, what do you miss about Toronto? And that's actually a big part of it because the food and just, yeah, the mix of people in Toronto is something that we don't have here. Like, for sure. So is, okay, I know you said that Hong Kong is not as multicultural, but for example, me, a very, very Canadian-looking mm. woman, if I were walking through Hong Kong, are people looking at me weird or would I kind of fit in? Uh, if fit most in. areas, you would fit in. Like, maybe yeah. if you're okay. in, like, some really local, I don't know, like, housing complex where there's, like, no white people, then, yeah, people will definitely stare at you. Um, but... Yeah, most places like white is definitely not an issue. I would say it's probably like other ethnic minorities that's harder. Like if you're okay, just because there's like mostly people that are Chinese, and then there's people that are white. The other and that's the other it. ethnic minorities that's a little bit like there are other. There's definitely a lot of like there's smaller communities of others, but it's harder. I would say mm-hmm. to integrate for those people than it is for you know like Chinese or 
white people, basically. This is so cool. I didn't even know, like I said, I didn't even know Sutherland Chan had a clinic in Hong Kong. And Mm. it's so cool that you decided to do this massage thing, got your first interview for a job opportunity in Hong Kong, picked up and left. And 10 years later, like you're loving life there. You met your husband. Like, this Mm. is like a movie. Oh my God, you could write a movie. I mean, yeah, I mean, it sounds, you make it sound so exciting. (laughs) Like, I never really think it's such a big deal. But then people do tell me, they're like, oh, you moved to the other side of the world. Did you not think that was a big deal? And I was like, eh. I don't know. I never really thought about it that way, but I mean, I guess I think yeah, I think it takes a lot of guts, really. Like you moved there, I assume, by yourself because you said you were living home with your parents and you met your yeah. husband once you got there. I don't yeah. know that I would have the guts to pick up by myself and move to another country where I didn't really speak the language and I don't know, I think I would be terrified. So, it is a big deal. Good for you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, I guess I always knew I could go back though. Like that really helps. Like, you know, there was always like if I just didn't like it, like there's always a home for me in Scarborough. Yeah. In Scarborough. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that really helps. Like it wasn't like I knew I wasn't completely stuck if it was horrible Mm -hmm. and it hasn't been horrible. So yeah, it's good. That's amazing. So obviously you would, you would recommend it to other therapists who were thinking about it. I would. I mean, I think, like I said, there's always challenges, but I just think it's just a a great opportunity to, like I said, live somewhere else and see what, you know, and and it is interesting kind of being like almost like a pioneer in massage somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Just it's big in, you know, a lot of parts of Canada and there's a lot of, you know, RMTs. So it's nice to be somewhere where there's just not many. You can kind of be part of like developing, you know, the image of it and what it is and what we can do, which is quite cool. That is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else you want to talk about, Lindsay? Anything that we didn't touch on tonight? Um, Not that I can think of. (laughs) How many clients do you have today? Today I have six. Yeah, six. So I finished around 8.30 tonight. Her, so, we better right? let her go and like eat some breakfast yeah. and chill out. She's got to go to work. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, thank you. Well, it's been speak. really, really cool talking to you. I uh, had no idea what to expect, but this has been really, really interesting. The more I hear about all of this stuff, the more mm. I'm thinking like this massage therapy gig might be one of the greatest jobs ever. Seriously. Like, the mobility... Oh capability of this job is insane yeah i mean massage therapy in general like, yeah because we yeah. had a couple people on that that did a lot of traveling yeah and yeah it was just super interesting to hear to hear all of it i think there's always like yeah i just think anywhere you go there's always something you can tap into we are pretty lucky i would say yeah and, for sure yeah definitely right on well thanks for hanging out with us via facebook live yeah thank you for having me cool cool so i guess we'll call it a wrap and let you go to work thanks i'll let you go to bed all right <laughs> you guys have been listening to two massage therapy in a microphone. Peace.